0: Hello and welcome to the Broadcast Sport Podcast. My name is Jake Bickerton and I'm the editor of Broadcast Sport. We're here today with Gemma Knight, who's a sports director at BT Sport and works on the Champions League output at BT Sport. So a great role there. And um, Beth Nevins as well, who's head of broadcast operations at Whisper and uh, rejoined the company quite recently after previously being there for four years. So we can talk to... Um, both Gemma and and about uh, yeah their experiences in the industry and first of all I think we should find out a little bit about them. Um, maybe Gemma you could start uh, yeah tell us a bit about your, your sort of career today and how you got into this industry in the first place.
1: I started at Sky Sports so um, I took a, an entry-level job there as a runner um, it was really 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 difficult to get and eventually I did I actually I was really fortunate because my uncle is a greyhound trainer bit of a niche (laughs) sport there um and he one day bumped into someone at Sky and said can you please give me an email address and I emailed some people and yeah managed to get a runner's position um on one shift and it must have gone okay because they kept me on um and I was doing uh running for Sky at the weekends and a full-time job which i probably shouldn't have been doing um <laughs> monday friday uh, and then just took the plunge and i quit my job which was in uh advertising right. and and ran at sky for uh, a few months and then i was really really fortunate um i i sort of did a good job on something that i had to do for the um the then head of football, Andy Melvin, and mm-hmm. um, it must have gone well because they offered me a, a role on the football team, um, which is a team of about 40 APs, um, and at that time, there was only one other woman on the team. Wow. Um she progressed to become a director quite quickly, which was amazing and obviously an inspiration for me mm. um, um, as someone to aspire to. But there was only one of her. Um, mm. And yeah, I, I was very quickly the only only female again on the AP team. So I was there um, for a, yeah, a great 10 years and then. Moved over to BT Sport, where I became a director. Um, I match-coded when I started a lot of the um, Champions League matches, Uh, so did all the replays for those. And then eventually got my opportunity to direct, which is why I moved over here. and yeah, I've been directing since and I now direct Premier League matches, Premier League presentation, the main Champions League studio. Um, mm. Yeah, OBs, all sorts of stuff. So, um, yeah, that's my my journey.
0: Fantastic. Do you find that you're still one of the few women doing that type of role?
1: Yes. <laughs> um, uh, I, there's definitely, definitely more of us now. Right. My, you know, loads more than than when I started. Um Sport is, as we know, very male dominant. However, um, football, I think, is even worse. Mm. <laughs> of mm. all the sports, it seems to be the most kind of male heavy teams um, in front of and behind the camera. Mm. But I'm absolutely seeing a change in that. I think a lot all the broadcasters and especially BT, we're really conscious of, of kind of have a, having balanced views, having a balanced team, um, mm. because that brings such a an added element of you know e- you know excellence it makes your broadcast better if, if you've got an mm. eclectic group of people and mm. um, so we always strive to improve it but yes I do often feel like there is still not enough women who do the job I do or are progressing into the industry we're in
0: mm. we can talk a little bit more about uh, how we can change that uh, shortly but first of all Bethan, uh same question to you yeah could you tell us a bit about your background and how you got to you on it
2: yeah of course so i came through actually the production management route which interestingly has much better female representation mm. so probably a slightly different journey to gemma so it's quite interesting to hear the differences but i um I did my degree in psychology and I weighed up whether I wanted to be a psychologist or go into sports TV. Oh, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure how the two how I chose between the two. Um, but I I actually joined something called the BBC panel. They used to have a panel. It was um production secretaries and sort of entry level administrative assistants. Um and you I I my a friend of mine actually already worked on it and I sent my CV several times and I waited a while, but then I got a placement. Again, like Gemma, it was only a couple of days actually in drama i think it was the very first one Mm -hmm. and then once you've done a couple of jobs for them they put you on a longer term contract and they just distribute you around the business in the bbc where it's needed so i I worked in corporate i worked in hr i worked in um sports publicity which is where i kind of found my niche i already knew i really wanted to do sports so i'd kind of been waiting to get my placement in sport and and from there i was then introduced to the um the, more, the, the production side of it and the senior management. And, and I did a job um, as an assistant uh, to Barbara Slater, who's now the director of sport. But, um, she was then the head of um, general sport. And I became her and Carl Hicks, who, who was a senior editor, their, their team assistant. And from there, I started working on Saturday and Sunday grandstand as a team assistant. Um, and then I went through the coordinator route i was then very lucky to be trained as a live gallery pa at bbc so i was a live gallery pa for a number of years and then a production manager and i worked on uh, took Six Nations, golf, Wimbledon, the Olympics. So I, I had a great, nearly like nine years, I think it was, with BBC Sport. And then after London 2012, I decided not to make the move to Salford. So I stayed in I stayed in London. Um, by this time, I'd had one of my children, I think, and then and then um, had the other one had the other one quite soon after having a period of freelance work. Um, I then when when my second child was quite little, I joined uh, Whisper for the first time in 2013. And I think back then there was five of us in Ealing Studios and I was there for uh, four years. And we went through two office moves, a real a real period of growth joining the channel four growth fund also getting you know getting that first broadcast work in those early years and and it was really great fun um, but extru- you know very very demanding with two young kids as well and it was it was a full on time so i, I can definitely uh, feel that that kind of sympathy and then uh, and then i went actually to the all england lawn tennis club to go to the other side to help mm. them bring their production in house they you know that had been with bbc as the host broadcaster for a long time but they wanted to take control of that themselves um, and have a little more control over their output so I went there um, for about four years and now last year I recently j- rejoined Whisper as head of broadcast operations so that's my summary
0: <laughs> wow wow that's quite There's a lot in there <laughs> yeah it's a lot in there it's quite, quite an experience isn't it yeah and as the head of broadcast operations what what kind of things do you do now at Whisper?
2: I think, well, it's it's been very fluid. Um, I think um, when I came back over, it was um, predominantly we were in the uh, process of delivering a new UEFA contract. We were setting up a whole new floor to our offices with seven new edit suites, uh, sound suites, my, my, many more in-house things to make us sort of end-to-end. So I had a lot of involvement in that and getting that going. Um, we've got, you know, offices in uh, Cardiff, Whisper Cymru, and now in the north as well. So I'm starting to look at how we all work together. And also, you know, probably like Gemini's, just about being making sure we have the right resources in the right places. How we are, are we efficient on the road? Are we looking at our sustainability? Are we doing everything we can to just be a really sort of you know uh, operate in the best way we can really.
0: Diversity has always been quite a big thing at Whisper and it's been something that to encourage you know gender diversity and you know ethnicity. Is it noticeable at Whisper do you think?
2: I think it is I, I mean Sunil is hugely passionate about it and that then passion you know does come come down to everyone it is really important I think um they're, they're 50% I'm definitely of the senior management team here is women so it's mm. well represented at the top, which is great just had a new COO and, and general counsel come in who's another a strong a woman in a strong one of those strong leadership roles. Um, but but you're right Sunil's passionate about diversity across the board both women. Uh, you know, people from underrepresented backgrounds. And, and and we really, you know, it's not, it's definitely not a job done, is it? I think we all know that. But it's like, what more can we do every week that, you know, what what, what can we do? How can we think of, of something, you know, to get people involved who maybe wouldn't think that this is a job for them? Mm. And that, I think, I don't know about you, Gemma, but I, for women and other other young people or people from different backgrounds, if I can find ways to try and help, Uh, show them what what jobs there are to start with because it's it's you know you just don't know until you until you have a little bit of experience um what possible jobs there even are for you so I think we've done you know we did a we did a really good get involved event off the back of the Paralympics and we've had some contracts out of that um which is great and I think the next step will be to do for us we're going to do some networking events you know with women as well to try and get them those entry-level roles, but also maybe women working in other parts of production and, and, and television and see if sport can, you know, be for them as well.
0: Fantastic. And, Jemmy, you said that you've noticed some difference recently in terms of the, the gender balance. And so, do you want to talk a little bit about that and, and how much of a difference and whether, you know, it's significant?
1: It's noticeable for me because I've been in the industry for a while now, which I'm not going to say how long, but, yeah, it's a while. <laughs> and um, it it still doesn't feel representative that that's the sad thing for me i think we're making strides absolutely um i think that we we're doing as a company at bt and i think myself as well i do as Bethan said i do as much as i can to advertise what we do i hate being on camera i hate people listening to what i'm saying but i'll do things like this podcast and i'll do things internally just to show that a woman has got to a position in this company Mm. and and it is you know you can only be it if you see it that kind of thing Mm. and so we we have something at bt which is bt sport united which is i think hugely successful it's constantly ongoing throughout the year it's got sort of three different areas but one of the, the one of them is is diversity and inclusion um And we just do different things to encourage not only women, but people from different backgrounds, people from the local community um, around here in in Stratford and and Newham to to just come in. We have training days. We do things with the colleges where we get them in to see the jobs. We have a, a lot of the the young guys and girls from those colleges end up getting runner roles here and kind of getting really um, involved in everything we do, mm. which is fantastic. And, you know, I think as a company, people are so keen and I get so much of a buzz from volunteering on those days and seeing young people who you just would not normally see here mm. get passionate about television. Mm. Um, you know, I came from a really a working class background um, and I, I didn't even imagine this was a job like Mm. I knew television happened it's there it's on we consume it but how does it get there Mm. I I didn't really have any idea and it wasn't until I got that opportunity at Sky and I saw the kind of huge array of roles that were available that I even consider it considered it as a a, a, an option so Mm. um getting that awareness out there involving Young women, especially um, on on our open days, you know, it's it's wonderful to have uh, young girls come and trail as a director or mm. be um, be the on screen talent, be a pundit, you know, kind of mm. be commentary or, or any of those roles, engineers or floor managers, um, and just see them go, wow, you know, th- this could be something I'd, I'd want to to do and and look at, you know, changing their. Um, university degree or, or mm. their training course or trying to get work experience so it's it's exciting times and I think it is coming through um but I still do turn to my left and right in a gallery now and wish there were more we've had broadcasts where I've been a, you know it, it's almost made me fall off my chair because we've been predominantly women um yeah. and you'd occasionally get a man come into the gallery it doesn't happen all the time and be like oh Wow, like, you know, the girls are in town, um, which should be said, but um, it's a nice feeling, you know, it's a nice feeling to to, to be yes, um, right. involved in a production. We had one where the presenter was a, a female, and this was a Premier League football game. Um, the reporter was a female. The match floor manager was a female. The director was a female. The vision mixer was a female. There was graphics ops. There was, it, was, it was really heavily female and not on purpose, and that excites me That's rather than kind of – having those token days where we try and fit more women in mm. that happened by accident and and it was so refreshing to think that we've got that talent there mm. and you know we we've got we've got those people who are coming through um but we need to do more we all need to do more
2: it's like using our platform to produce women's sport is one thing on screen so that my You know, I've got two boys, but I want them to watch women's sport and men's sport. So that's like kind of one thing, isn't it? So that they're interested in everything. And then it's providing the opportunity for young girls and and women further up their careers to see women in in positions they'd like to be in. But it is quite, you know, none of us really like, or not many of us love shouting about our own. And and it's kind of putting yourself outside that (laughs) comfort zone, because I think production management's got you know, well-represented in women, but there are roles that we, you know, you might put an advert out or, or definitely in the technical side of things as well, where they are, we are, they are definitely still underrepresented and it's trying to understand as well, why, like, what more can we do to encourage people to even apply for the jobs? Because if they don't apply, you're you're like, oh, where, where are these people? And it's so maybe, you know, we work with inclusive employers as well about the language you use, all those kind of things, about challenging ourselves.
0: I was going to say, actually, one of the big changes during the pandemic has obviously been the, the mass move to remote production. And presumably, you know, from the type of role that you're dealing with, Gemma, and all the people around you, you used to have to go to a lot more yeah you know, outside broadcast compared to yeah. now does that help with gender balance do you think
1: of course it does and i think you know i'm i'm a mum and children take up a lot of your time <laughs> um <laughs> they're wonderful they are absolutely <laughs> wonderful but it is you know it's it's a huge change um and a shift having a child and um having the flexibility of remote and not having to travel to manchester to liverpool weekly and you know it, it was it was a, a you know every weekend you'd be on the road um it, it gives you that flexibility of, of of knowing that you can still do the job you do but your office is in a set place or that remote center is in a set place and you can allow for that set time um to be able to allow you to do the role rather than kind of having this, oh, well, I might be in Liverpool or I might have to travel abroad. Um, so so it does, it, de- it definitely helps. Um, and I, I think, you know, that's not only for women, that's for women and men who to just have a more of a work-life balance. It, it, it is a step forward. Um, I, I still think there is more we can do. To be more flexible for women i think um we could be a lot more flexible with with working hours i know all of those things are available but just having an understanding that there is uh how do i put it there, there is pressures from home that, that sometimes take over and letting that not be the woman the individual's problem letting them al- allowing them to to sort of balance their life and, and balance their work and and being flexible I, I guess is 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 the way forward
0: is there anything that uh, you, you know, in your sort of position, Beth, and you can do to help with that sort of flexibility.
2: All, all the things—the move towards a sort of slightly more balance on, you know, maybe being in the office a certain number of days and some days at home now, which is more more than norm. Three, three, three in the office at the moment for us, and and two at home. If you know, if the production allows, and we all know the world we kind of worked in, there are some times when it just doesn't mm-hmm. allow. But mm-hmm. trying to think about that, and also just regardless of children or whatever it is just knowing every individual is different and like so thinking about like Gemma said thinking about those flexible working and for whatever reason it is but just understanding why the person's asking does it fit in with the role and and taking every every request at its value and, and really and really considering it and thinking about it and trying to match that you know that balance of good mental health and and a good work life balance with with obviously what is a really pressured environment we all know it's very busy in sport production it's very full on so it's mm. just want to find that balance and I, I do also wonder i do often spend <laughs> it's a bit sad i suppose we spend time starting thinking about like the roles like camera operators and sound sound operators who are on the road what do we do how can we how can we address that you know because we're not going to change those being on the road pro- unless we get really advanced with ai and you know you, you sort of get rid of the people mm. together mm. you know they are on the road so it's it's still finding ways to make them attractive and and want to work in sport as well as other other genres as well so i think that that is definitely um part for me part of the journey that's not done yet we we i want to work harder with our ob suppliers and our you know partner companies and broadcasters to find ways that we can carry on driving that interest in working behind the camera mm. Mm. The, the refreshing thing for me with that though is uh, of
1: late when when we do matches or um you know i might be remote but the crew as you say the crews on site i see more and more women on those camera crews, which yeah, I agree, that's so good, isn't five, it? five years ago, or you know, five, 10 years ago, maybe, was just it was always a fully male crew. Um, and we've got some exceptional young camera women coming along now in football, and it's just kind of unheard of. And so we must kind of be doing something right because we are encouraging a few of them in. We just need to do a little bit more of whatever it is we're doing right with those girls. Mm. So, um, yeah, it is, you're seeing it there, it's starting.
0: And and obviously within your own companies, you've got these initiatives to try and encourage more people into the industry, um, you know, of all sorts of, uh, from all sorts of backgrounds and, and um, a kind of, you know, as diverse workforce as you, as you can. Is there other, you know, is there an industry scheme as well that is helping with any of that? And uh, do you get involved with stuff outside of, say, BT Sport, outside of Whisper that can encourage this as well?
1: Rise is one that I I get involved with is it is is sort of kind of affiliated with BT because we do do some stuff with them. And Andy Bill, our chief engineer, has a huge part in that project, Um, but that is an exceptional scheme that is is more aimed at um, kind of broadcast engineering roles technical roles they they go into schools and they and they sit with with girls and boys in schools and set up kind of like they, they make them build their own little ob gallery or you know whatever it is so um that is brilliant they also do mentoring schemes um and it, the, the mentoring schemes are based around women so i've mentored um an exceptional young girl who i'm now seeing and this is refreshing um given opportunities to act like in her mid-20s, direct for the BBC. Um, She's match coding for the BBC, but I think they call it sweeping. They've got a different name for it. (laughs) Um, So so she's she's come off the back of that and has got the confidence to go and apply for roles that in my 20s, I would not even dream of asking to do, um, which is great. Um, And they do that with different um, females in the industry, experienced women in different parts of um, broadcasting to mentor young girls um Mm. and that's brilliant so i can't speak highly enough of rise
0: Mm. yeah yeah you're not the first person to have have talked about rise actually it's the rise up scheme isn't it that one rise up
2: Yeah, yeah yeah
0: Does seem really impressive there. And a whisper involved in that or, or any other? Yeah,
2: I think we're across we're across um, Rise and what they do as well is really, really impressive. And I think there's other ones as well, like, you know, Mama Youth for slightly different things. Yes. They, yeah. They've definitely um, given us some really good candidates for things like edit assistance and those entry-level roles has been good. Mm. I think it feels like, uh, um, I know some of the OB companies have like open days, so maybe something more we could do all collaboratively together there to really just open up to as many... As, as sort of a, al- almost like you want it to be open to as big a group as possible when you put that effort and you, you get together mm. to do that so to try and um, show you know those those really quite young people like Gemma says stop them going into something else before they've even decided, <laughs> yeah. decided yeah. encourage them to come into the sort of TV and outside broadcast world.
0: What would be your your advice to young women who might be interested in pursuing a career uh, similar to your own?
2: I can't quite believe, like Gemma, that I think I've worked in sport for nearly twenty years, and I still I don't like to think of my working for twenty years. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I I mean it's a it's a massive privilege to have worked in and you know in a job like this. We kind of all know it can be overwhelming. It can be. It can be very full on and stressful, but it's also really rewarding. And um, my advice really would be to try and understand all the roles. So when you're going for like a runner role or an entry level, spend your time, be proactive, be inquisitive, ask questions, do, like no roles off the table, as far as I'm concerned. Don't feel like, because you do a runner role and you asked to do one particular task in your early days, that that has to be the route you go down. Make sure you have a look round, see, see what it is you're really interested in. And, and then, you know, try and go after that. So hopefully, people like Tom and I mean, make the doors open so that no role, you know, no role is 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 closed to you. I, I look at um, Sarah,
1: who I mentor and I think of the opportunity she's getting and I want everyone to be more like her. Um, You just need to be ballsy. You just have to ask, 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 as Bethan said. Um, People love in this industry, they love people who say, oh, can I just ask you how you did that? Or would you mind if I watched you do that? Or can I come and sit with you and learn that? Um, That's all we want to hear. So just, yeah, be confident. No role is out of bounds. I've, I've worked with over this year alone, I've worked with um, at Sunset and Vine, a a young lady who produces their analysis and is now match calling for them. There are not many girls in the country that match cold football. Exceptional. Uh, I've worked with a, a young a girl in our team who has been producing, uh, she's been brought on to produce football, so she's now in pundits' ears telling them about football, which um, as a woman sometimes, it, and this is me being totally honest, you feel like an imposter in a, in a, in a male football environment because you right. don't always believe that people believe you. They don't believe that you know. Um, But you just have to be confident and and have confidence in your choices and your convictions and be brave. Um, Mm. And you will get some knockbacks and it is hard, but there is absolutely a place for everybody out there. Um, So just keep trying because you'll get there.
0: Absolutely fantastic! Oh, thank you very much, both. It's a really, really great, uh, great chat. It's so very inspirational as well. And I hope uh, you know people listening to this will will take a lot away from this conversation. So yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Broadcast Sport Podcast. We'll have more soon, so subscribe now, and we'll see you on the next one.